This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 46 for Monday, November 4th, 2019. idea. The church is the single most important institution on the planet. Our weekly identity statement, I will not let the siren call of self-absorption lull me into a deeper sense of complacency. I am a rebel against the rebellion. And our memory verse, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hebrews 12, 1-3 Can you imagine how crazy it would be to build an ark? Luckily, we don't have to imagine all that hard. Not only do we have Evan Almighty in Hollywood's depiction of what it would be like to build an ark today, someone actually built an ark today. The ark encounter in Williamstown, Kentucky was finished just a few years ago. We got to go there three summers ago on one of our Lindner family road trips. It was quite impressive. Seeing it in person helps you be able to see how it was actually possible to get all the animals on the ark. The Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum are the brainchild of Ken Ham. That name may ring a bell for you because he debated Bill Nye in 2014 about creation in a nationally televised event. But Ken Ham and the Answers in Genesis ministry faced a lot of ridicule, backlash, and rage about the Ark Encounter. Bill and I said about the Ark Encounter, The influence is strong. I spoke with a lot of kids and took a great many selfies. Almost all of them do not accept that humans are causing climate change, and that is the Answers in Genesis Ministries' fault. Through its dioramas and signage, the organization promotes ideas that are absolutely wrong scientifically, while suppressing critical thinking in our students, which is in no one's best interest, conservative or progressive. The Freedom From Religion Foundation warned against public school field trips to the Ark, issuing this statement. Public schools and public school staff may not take part in celebrations for a park that has a clear religious goal and portrays fiction as divine truth. Ham is free to erect monuments to his Bible, but public schools are not permitted to expose the children and their charge to religious myths and proselytizing. It is unacceptable to expose a captive audience of impressionable students to the overtly religious atmosphere of Ham's Christian theme parks. Donald Ruberg, an attorney for the schools in Grant County where the Ark is located, called it an overreach to say no schools could legally visit the Ark under any circumstances, but that any field trips would have to be closely monitored. For example, he suggested a carpentry class may find value in the architecture and construction of the project. Such trips would have to be balanced with context and the age of the children would be taken into account, but there would be educational value in such a trip. Apparently, we have to be careful what age we allow students to be influenced by Christian thinking, but no concern is given to the other ideologies that are being crammed down their throats from kindergarten and on. 
but that's not really the point of today's devotional. I encourage you to go to the Ark if you ever have the chance, primarily for one reason, faith. You see, before AIG built the Ark, there were so many questions about whether the Ark could really hold two of every kind of animal. But when you ride up to it for the first time, you see it's not that big of a stretch. By now, you're probably asking yourself if I believe in six literal days of creation. The answer is yes. But before you write me off, let me explain why. Faith. I'll admit, it can be hard for me to imagine how, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's hard to imagine how God could make the light and the dark, make the land and the sea, the plants and the animals and human beings. How does one make something from nothing like God did? But seeing the ark really helps. Because a man built that. If Ken Ham could build something like that, then it's not a much bigger stretch to say that Noah could have as well. And if that part of the story is true, why can't the rest of it be true? I mean, if a man can build an ark, if a man can build the Freedom Tower and the Golden Gate Bridge and the pyramids, is it really much of a stretch to believe that God could create the earth as we know it in six days? I mean, for a God that is all-powerful, certainly it's not that big of a stretch. I wasn't there to see God make the earth, but by faith I can have confidence that he did. The author's entire argument about faith begins with creation. Hebrews 11.3, By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Since we're talking science and whatnot, I'd like to posture a hypothesis. Could it be that the reason the faith of so many Christians is anemic, if existent at all, is because we have allowed ourselves to be taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ, Colossians 2.8. If you can't believe the beginning of God's story as actual historical fact, then how can you believe the middle, you know, the part about Jesus, or the end? But what about evolution? Don't they have proof? Actually, no, they don't. It's just a theory. It's been a theory ever since Darwin published his theory in 1859. No, it has not been proved. Scientists are desperately looking for one piece of evidence to verify the theory. Billions, if not trillions of dollars have been wasted in pursuit. The more they search, the closer and closer they get to intelligent design and a designer. Now many scientists argue that there had to be a designer, they just try to argue that evolution was the designer. How foolish. It takes way more faith, blind faith, to believe that humans evolved from an amoeba than to believe that the all-powerful God created everything. Speaking of theories, I have one more. It seems that the very things opposers of Christianity hold against us are the very inadequacies of their own arguments. They accuse Christians of blind faith, but as we'll see tomorrow, there's nothing blind about it. All along the way for evolution, the conditions had to be exactly right thousands and thousands of times for something to maybe have happened. And, surprisingly, there's never any evidence to show these evolutions. There have been fabricated evidences over the years, but they get disproven as fakes and frauds time and time again. My argument against evolution is simply this. 
Where are they now? Why are there no evolved species right now? And if our climate is as extreme as it has ever been, why don't we see species evolving by necessity in front of our very eyes? And why are we so concerned with the extinction of species of animals? Shouldn't they be able to evolve and survive? It's no wonder we have such low self-esteem and identity problems in our society. There is no meaning to our existence if we are simply an accident of the cosmos. Where is the meaning in the Big Bang? As Frank Peretti says in his My Way or God's Way talk, the first thing you need to know above all else is that you are an accident. You have absolutely no reason for being here. There is no meaning, no purpose for your life. You are nothing but a meaningless conglomeration of molecules that came together purely by chance billions and billions of years ago. It's from goo to you by way of the zoo. As such, you don't really have any reason for being here. Your existence is pointless. The universe won't mind a bit when you die. When you die, you become so much as compost. Class dismissed. Head on down to that new class they're starting this week on self-esteem. To be frank, and no, not Peretti, if you don't believe that the universe was formed at God's command, there's really not much point in reading any further into Hebrews 11. Because if God couldn't make the earth, how could he follow through on any of the other promises that these people believed in faith? I know. There will be those who ridicule and mock me for having this belief. It's not the first time and won't be the last. I got a D on a biology paper when, as a sophomore in high school, I argued against evolution and for creation. That's okay. But my question is this. If you think I'm wrong, how will you treat me in response and why? Because my belief is based on the fact that all humans are made in the image of God. I cannot make you less than human simply because you believe differently than me. And I won't. But should we not be just as cautious about the fiction being portrayed as truth in millions of biology textbooks around the globe that is causing us to treat one another with less and less respect? If it's unacceptable to expose children to creation as a point of view, and even though it's portrayed as fiction regardless of the fact that it has far more evidences than evolution, should it not be just as unacceptable to hold students captive to the overly religious nature of beliefs pounded down our throats by evolutionary theorists? I'll finish by asking this. What is to be gained through belief by faith in evolution versus creation? Faith in evolution results in a lack of meaning, purpose, and a total destruction of the value of life. But faith in creation, on the other hand, instills all humans, regardless of their belief, with meaning, purpose, and inherent infinite value. Portions of today's post are excerpted from the article Creationist Noah's Ark Theme Park Incites Protests and Criticism on NonprofitQuarterly.org. www.thejesushabit.com